Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. Um, how are you? What's new? What's going on? Um, I mean, I don't know if people have noticed. Someone who listens to the pod said that she did. I've been congested for like two weeks and I'm just now starting to feel like a little more normal, but I'm still um, like when I take audition tapes and stuff, I don't sound good. And like today I auditioned for this just like really perfect ingenue type character that the main character falls in love with in the 1930s. And I couldn't, there's something about congestion that makes you sound like a fucking Kardashian where I just like could not sound like a cute little crystal clear, like girl you fall in love with in the thirties. And that was very annoying to me, but I'm feeling still, I'm, I'm like on the up and up. So I'm getting better. Um, you, had a celebrity sighting of maybe the funniest like caliber I've ever heard. Please okay, I think us. I did. I'm pretty sure. There's um, no way you did. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. There's no way. Okay, you go, you go. Okay, so I am down in Palm Springs. We're doing a little mini vacay and I am out in the vintage shops. I'm looking for furniture. I'm looking for home decor. And I see this woman with like many colored rainbow (laughs) locks, like a Burning Man woman, but Mm -hmm. she's elderly Mm -hmm. and she's wearing a mask and she's yapping up a storm. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I think it's Bronwyn's mom, Dr. Deb. She was not wearing any crystals on her face, but I was literally- she had a mask. She had a mask on. So like- I can't a hundred percent confirm that it was her, but I also can't imagine how many women her age have that hairstyle. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like you were like, I'm 99% sure it was her. And you based, and you like said all these details and I'm going, I, I know it's true. Cause we just like, there's so many people who live on this planet. How funny is it that there's women who would be mistaken as her <laughs> such a character of a woman like on that show she is the most heightened absurd like goofy like we say about reality tv all the time if you pitched that character people would be like no that's so weird and unbelievable like like dr deb's hair alone is so kooky and crazy and you would think it would be so singularly her but what if you saw someone who wasn't dr deb and she just like also had this wild, wild look and was an older woman. It's but I possible. think you saw Dr. It's Deb. Possible. I think I did see Dr. Deb. I also listened to her talk and I, I did like a few surveillance passes where I like pretended to be looking at a crystal bowl and put my sunglasses on and like tried to get a peek at her face. And I wanted to go up to her and say, are you Bronwyn's mom? But I think they're having problems. So I don't know if that would have um. been well received, but she was truly like, putting on a show for the cashier talking about how she was in the rock and roll scene on sunset boulevard in LA in the 70s. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Why are you telling this and then your life story just buy a base or leave? I don't know. I think it's so funny. I don't know if there is a funnier Bravo liberty (laughs) for you to see. Like as, as I got that text, I was like, this is the funniest option. And there's so many random, like, 
you know, friends of cast or moms of housewives or whoever, whoever that you could see that would be laugh out loud hilarious. And I don't think there's a better one than Dr. Deb. She like, I've obviously forgot she existed until you reminded me of her existence and then cracked up. I think that's so funny. Did you get anything from the store? I didn't. So here's what I've learned about myself. When I put in so much work to go vintage shopping and look at every single piece of every single thing that's in these very cluttered stores, I feel like I have to buy. Otherwise it's a failure. And what I've Mm. learned is that I end up bringing a lot of crap home that I don't want in my home. That's not returnable. So now after having done that to myself several times, I'm like, unless it's a something that I cannot stop thinking about after a couple days and I like must have it and I have to go back and get it. I'm not going to be purchasing it. That's what that's what I, that's the barometer. At it's point. a good, it's a good lesson to learn. Also, you have to, it's just like, look, we've been clothes shopping our whole life. So now we know and have learned, like, I'm only going to buy the things I love or the stuff I, you like develop your habits and your tastes and whatnot. And you've obviously only been vintage home shopping <laughs> as an adult. Like you got to learn the ways, but I totally get yeah, walking into a place and being like, well, I got to walk out with something. I've got to have something in my hands when I leave, especially if it's a really cool spot. It does suck if you go into a store where you're like, everything here is amazing, but then nothing is like quite hitting. So then you end up just, it's, it's, ugh, life is hard. It's hard, <laughs> but I will say, speaking of Orange County, Orange County is coming back and one Heather Dubrow is rejoining the franchise. And while I was very much down on Orange County last season, and I'm not totally convinced on all the cast members, I will say seeing Heather Dubrow with her champs, I was like, all right, this is the level of class that this franchise needs. I feel like she's going to help elevate it in a way that we've missed. Like it got mm-hmm. so down in the mucky muck and so trashy. And she is so, to me, she's like one of the most elegant housewives. So I'm very excited to see mm-hmm. her back on the series. What do you think? Yeah. She elegant AF. I did yeah. not watch the trailer. Did you watch the trailer? I did. And it basically just starts with her being like, I'm back with like a, with a <laughs> yeah, with a flute. With a, yeah. <laughs> I'm back. I did read that there's like footage that she took of two of the other housewives like fighting in a hallway that she took on her cell phone for the show. And it's like, oh, that girl be working. Like yeah. she's like Lisa Rinna level. Like you imagine, I mean, I imagine she has to come back with some sort of agency in terms of her any you know quote unquote producing power or what storylines are going to be or whatever because they needed her back so I don't think that she's at the same level or the same whims of who's making the show like she's got to be she's working but yeah yeah, I know I really I always loved her I always thought she was great and I always felt like she was a little like in the wrong city I don't know what city I would place her in but I'm happy that she's gonna she's gonna come clean up the OC yeah (laughs) oh my god which reminds me that Dr. Nassif was on Vanderpump. I love I, that. I was I so excited. <laughs> I think all of us were. Every Bravo person out there was like, oh my. God. The second Lisa was like, I have a very talented plastic surgery friend. I was like, make it Dr. Nassif, make it Dr. Nassif. And then they cut it to Dr. Nassif. And I was like, yes. What fabulous TV. I Yeah, I love, I mean, I'm a big botched gal. I love those two weird old doctors. And I, and I love Heather. So it all, I think I told you sense. on this, I think I've told the story. I've definitely told the story about how my yes. mom worked with Terry Dubrow, but whenever yes. I see botched now, it just makes me think of like when my mom was in the hospital with pneumonia and she was like 
truly not with us. Like they had medicated her, medicated her like beyond reality. And I was just sitting in there like killing time with her. And we were flipping through the TV channels and she, we got to botch and she goes, that guy tried to hook up with me. And I was like, okay, mom. And <laughs> I was mom, like, you're, high. <laughs> you're like on a lot of meds. And she was like, no, that's Terry Dubrow. And she like fully knew who it was. And it was true. He tried to hook up with her, but oh. My oh, God. I wish my dad, dad was Terry Dubrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could have been your dad. Uh, that's what I'm saying about when Heather has those like crazy stories on Salt Lake. And I'm like, what else? What do I need to like ask my mom? Like I already, I've heard, believe me, a lot of crazy stories. I know. But um, I need, I want to say, I want to know like, who did, who is your, who is your Dr. Dubrow? Just Let's get your it. mom high in the hospital and ask whatever questions you need to ask. Yeah. Oh my God. Scary. Okay. Speaking of scary. I did not breathe watching Salt Lake City. Unhinged. Like unhinged. My mouth was like wide open the whole time. And I looked at Mike and his mouth was wide open. Like the fact that we see, I think it's the Southern District of New York, like, you know, police or Homeland Security special ops. I don't know. I think it's um, all of them. <laughs> before we see them outside in the window of the bus, before any of the housewives realize what's going on, it's just so special. I, it's the most cinematic, like to watch the footage on the bus of them all joking on the bus and to see slowly like a SWAT team just casually forming in around the bus. And these bitches don't even know what's going on. It was so cinematic, so crazy. I want to play a game of not who's on the bus, but who would you be on the bus? Get it? Because there's the song who's on the bus. Isn't that a song? Anyway, very different personalities, very different reactions on this bus when this happens. Jen is on the bus. She says, I got a call. My husband has internal bleeding. I'm running to the hospital. If he doesn't go into surgery, I'm going to fly to meet you girls, which I guess is a euphemism for if I don't get arrested today, I'll come finish filming. So homegirl leaves. The rest of the gals are still on the bus. We see this cinematic swarm that we're talking about. Lisa Barlow going, oh my God, I am freaking out right now. I'm going to throw up. Why are they here? Is so funny. Whitney being like, not even knowing what questions to ask and then going, oh my God, Jen told me to turn off her mic. She told me to turn off her mic. Do we think what's going on with Sharif? And then Lisa goes, this has nothing to do with Sharif, which is so dramatic. Like that's yeah. such a crazy thing. Like to be the person who first goes, everything's a lie. This is all fucking Jen. And then we have Heather, who's the only one who finally gets off the bus and walks out of the bus and goes, excuse me, what's going on? Which I, I'd like to think that you and I would be a yeah. Heather. I think yeah. we would yes. be a Heather, but I also wonder if I was on the bus with you, if I'd let you be the Heather. No, I and if I just it. sit on the bus, like Lisa going, I'm gonna throw up. I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. like you go off the bus. 
I absolutely would be the, I'm going to go find out. Like, I'm. why are we sitting here? I'm going to go figure out like why the fucking cops are here. Also, Heather said to the cop's face, like, I don't love police at all, like being around, but I especially don't love, you know, whatever is yeah. going on. She called them the popo to their face. She I goes, know. I don't love the popo. And I was like, you are talking to FBI agents and you don't even know fully why they're there. Um, <laughs> and they seemed very like, as much as what was happening was clearly they were super so intense. <laughs> they were super scary, like physically. There's a bunch of them. They're all coming in. It's like alarming. People have guns. They have their bulletproof vests. But then also they were just like, is Jen here? Is she okay? Like, is how okay? tricky? Oh, we just want to know if she's okay. It's like, what do you mean? You, you're not the people to come ask if people are okay. Like they clearly yeah. were trying not to spook anyone so that mm-hmm. they could like tackle and- her to the ground oh, and still have girl. the element of the surprise. There's also so many cameras there. I think that oh, had that's a true. huge, that's true. like had, had so much to do with the vibe because like they're all slowly walking in and there's all these cameras pointed at them and they know that they're shooting. And I think that they just like needed to play it as mellow as possible. I also am surprised that nobody went onto, we didn't see anybody like go onto the bus and just see if like she was on the bus, like hunched under a chair or something like she could have been there, but then they did. Everybody there gave her up immediately. Um, and was like, she left, she just left in a truck. She left her aunt came and picked her up absolutely wild and Andy Cohen says that next week's episode with the women yes. on the bus reading the articles is like in his top five episodes of reality tv of all time of housewives it's, it's also like a real-time episode like it's a bottle episode of them just like reacting for several hours like on the bus oh my god but okay wait Crazy. we have to I I just feel like we need to break down the whole interaction a little because this is like so special that we got to watch this it made Erica Jane's bullshit look just like Flush, child's play okay. absolute child's play i jen shaw for being a woman who has supposedly amassed an empire of wealth based off of lies is a terrible liar the way she was lying is the way that i would lie if i was trying to get away with crimes and saying specifically like like you could have just said oh my god i gotta go sharif's in the hospital that's it just mm-hmm. leave you know yeah saying specifically he has internal bleeding then saying he had an appointment. Okay. He had an appointment for what? And there's internal bleeding. Okay. What kind of doctor's appointment would they discover internal (laughs) bleeding at unless you literally like fell over on your face? I don't, none of it makes any sense. They might need surgery. They might not like what? She, yeah. Then she's like, they're going to, he has internal bleeding. They're going to determine whether he needs surgery. And then like, if he doesn't, I'll come back. That doesn't make, that makes absolutely no sense to anyone who's ever been in any kind of doctor's care at all whatsoever. She takes so much time to hug every single person, knowing that the cops are coming from her. (laughs) She literally is like chatting them all up, figuring out how she's going to come back. I'm also like, did she not think that she was going to be arrested immediately like she really thought she was coming back like I don't understand that's what's peculiar about it I would give my I don't know life to hear that phone call to hear what was said to her because if she was I I could see having like an opposite reaction where you're you're going don't panic don't panic don't panic and then that manifests itself in you having these weird long hugs and this like insisting that you're gonna come back and insisting you're gonna see them again because it's like don't you're just like, I want to do the opposite of panic. Yeah. But I also, I like really need to know what was said to her because if you knew, I don't think she maybe thought they were coming for her there. 
maybe she thought they were just at the house and so she needed to go like get her affairs in order and then go to the house maybe she didn't realize that they were coming for her hmm. it a bit but again i wouldn't know unless i knew the phone call um yeah very bad liar for somebody who is um lying to hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> easily my most my most favorite part of the scene was this is such a like honest reaction i would probably do what heather's doing heather going should i call jen and tell her that this give her a heads up and lisa barley goes i wouldn't do that yeah yeah <laughs> so in that, like... oh in that moment i would have been so lisa i would be like don't fucking touch your phone like nobody called jen it's that's also like as we've seen on beverly hills when these things happen, the rest of the cast does get scared because they just go, I don't want to be subpoenaed. Yeah. I don't want to be involved. I don't. And at that point, they do not have any information. Mm-hmm. All they know is that the FB fucking I is coming to arrest their friend. Homeland Security is there. Ice, scary, scary, scary stuff. And they don't know jack shit. So in that moment, that's got to be way more terrifying than any like of the Erica Jane articles that came out when they were like yeah. on a girl's trip. Like they've got to be like, hands up. I don't know what's going on. I need to make it very clear. I don't know what's going on. I know you're coming to my party bus. Poor Heather. It's right in front of her business. I know. She's like, it's in front of her business. It's on this party. It's while they're shooting their show. Cameras are rolling on them too. And they've got no idea what's going on. That is a scary, like, do not fucking call Jen. Like we don't know what's going on. Absolutely. Um, so scary. I cannot wait to see what they talk about next. I think it is so wild. And then the fact that they do stay on the bus is crazy. I mean, even that producer coming on before the FBI came, they, they the ladies were considering canceling the trip yeah. because they believed that Sharif had like scheduled internal bleeding at a hospital <laughs> somewhere. And the producer comes on the bus and is kind of annoyed. And it's like, are you guys really considering not going? Like, are you really considering not going? And they're all like, yeah, I mean, this seems really like drastic. Then this way bigger thing happens and they go on the trip. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. And then the bus leaves. Like, I'm like, now if you guys were talking about not going because her husband was sick, now you guys are still going. It's just, it, the the logic doesn't add up to me, but I, I suppose we'll see that like sort of unpack. Also, they there's no way they're not like sitting together. Like I would want to be with those girls and talking about it until the cows came home. So I get oh my that. God. Yeah, I mean, you have at that point you have you're like bonded and you're like, what are we gonna do? How are we? I don't want to yeah. be involved in this. Do you guys have a lawyer? I'm gonna call my lawyer. Um, yeah. Two other things I wanted to talk about on Salt Lake City. Number one. Heather Gay making fun of the kind of bridesmaid that she used to be is peak housewives. It's so fucking funny. Her being like, I was upset that I couldn't wear my Mormon underwear. And so I made them make me like a bolero jacket. And I was just like so sour in the pictures. I thought that was so funny. And like mm-hmm. the fact that she has a good sense of humor about like how, you know, judgmental she used to be is just yeah. A plus to me. And then the second thing, oh my God, fucking um, Whitney saying that uh mary's church thinks she is god and they are praying to her when they're speaking in tongues Mm -hmm. i'm just like wow like if that's not season three the show should just be canceled because that's the only thing that can keep up with the pace of what's going on yeah yeah let's start to unpack that a little bit bravo i mean even just the oil painting that they referred to with mary's grandmother holding hands with Jesus in a, in a cloud. Like, I do feel like that seems, I am not religious. So I could be using this word wrong, but a bit sacrilegious to sort of imply that the head of your church 
is like buddy, buddy with God in that way. And, Mm -hmm. um, it seemed, it does seem a little, and listen, a lot of religions do and cults do sort of center themselves around someone who has the ear of the higher power. And if they think it's Mary and they think it's this like family, that is super scary. Um, also the idea that a bunch of people are following religiously a woman who makes invitations to cooking classes on Microsoft Paint <laughs> um, seems a little cookie to me. Um, the fact that this episode starts with Mary being mad that Heather didn't answer her phone call to invite her to her cooking class party. So she sends her a different email with a different dress code, asking her to dress up as like a slutty gangster, like, like basically an extra like backup <laughs> dancer and guys and balls is, is a new level of funny housewives pettiness to me. And then when Whitney shows up just in regular clothes, Mary is like mad at her. She's like, yeah. oh, I guess you, I guess you saw the invitation and then skipped right ahead to being a bitch and didn't do it. And it's like, how, what are you mad? Are you mad that she didn't answer the phone? Or are you mad that she didn't fall for your mean prank? Yeah. It's like, were you not just trying to mean girls me and have me show yeah. up as a zombie bride? Like, of yeah, Sorry. so fuck you. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and Mary's still like, you asshole. Like Mary does seem like she has so much weird pent up anger is not even the right word but she's like clearly she's so uh, emotional or like she's just like and she but she seems like she's picking and choosing who she's mad at or who she's frustrated at and why because at one moment she'll be like we're friends we're friends i don't i would never even do that to a friend we're, we're, we're friends and then the next moment she'll be like you don't answer my call you're dead to me you're a dead slut and it's like whoa I I'm so scared of her and people keep being like, watch out. Don't make her mad. I think Meredith is, is very like, is playing this whole situation the best. Cause she's keeping everyone calm. She's not taking mm-hmm. sides. She's protecting her family and begging Hala. And that's it. You know? <laughs> she's like, look, this is whatever you want to do. I support it. I'm not I here to have Jesus come after me. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Whitney too, being like, well, we're all friends. So I haven't really sort of brought up all this shady shit about her church. (laughs) Um, and now she's being a bitch to me. So I'm going to bring up some shady shit about her church on camera. That's what I'm going to do. It does feel like the stakes are pretty high in like, if they weren't so high, I think a lot of this stuff would have come up even earlier, but I think that the women were willing to have Mary in the cast and be a part of the cast for so many other reasons. And they were all kind of willing to overlook this like weird culty church thing. Cause I think it's probably going to affect their lives in a very real way. Um, calling out such a big community in their community, um, Mm. on weird shit, you know, like seems, and clearly, who is in and out of what church at any given time is like a big deal in this city. Yeah, that's totally true. I'm excited to see Mary. It's a bummer Mary wasn't on the bus. I'm excited to see Mary's reaction to the arrest. I know. Ah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Um, should we talk about poor Raquel having to spend like $45,000 on a nose job? I don't get it. Like there's stuff that I watched on TV. I'm like, I don't get it i i guess when they showed the pictures of the crooked um Mm -hmm. the thing between your nostrils septum is that your septum i don't know they just said it was cartilage it looked like it was because that's you know i've since learned that when you get a nose job they cut your little nose down at the base they cut that Mm. skin they flip it up they peel your skin off your nose 
off oh your my face. God. They break your nose. They, sh- whatever you got to do, they shave it down or they, sometimes they take your cartilage and they sew it together on top of itself. <gasps> and then, uh, you know, they put your flap back down and sew that little stitch back up down there. And so obviously that <laughs> part was like botched because that's exactly where they go yeah. in to do it. Yeah. Table flipping medical school. one oh one, maybe. Um, I, I did see like the crooked sort of imperfection when they did that shot, like up her nose, which no one would see, but I don't totally see the imperfections other than that. Um, and so I feel for her when she broke down at the party and was like, and I don't even know if I need to fix it. (laughs) She's, she was like, so upset. Cause she was like, I know it's a little crooked. I know it got bonked. I know it was leaning. And now, you know, I, I get that that happened. But everybody looking at her also thought it ultimately healed pretty well. So then she's thinking like, I almost wish it was totally broken so that I could completely justify spending $30,000 on fixing it. But it's like not broken enough. So it's like, yeah. this: are you wasting your money or are you doing the right? So I felt bad that she was like, and I don't even know if it's passable or not, or if I should just do it. And I was like, oh my God, this poor nose thing. You're stunning, Raquel. I'm confused about why she's being charged. Like, can't. Yeah. He he has a show called Botched. She's on a show. Like. I thought the same exact thing. Like, why can't he just fix it for free for publicity? You know? So. I know. I wonder if they don't even value. I wonder if like they don't fucking value that anymore. I don't know. Because like they have done all of that Bravo advertising that they can do. But this definitely bumped him back into his. uh, Yeah. You know, he hadn't been on my TV in a while. Yeah. yeah, I was confused too. When she said it was going to be so much more expensive. I was like, isn't this kind of like a tit for tat thing? And you like film in the office and we do a whole episode on it and it's fine. I am, I am like really floored at how horrible James Kennedy is, is, and is being it. Like the way he's talking to her throughout this whole process is awful. He keeps calling her stupid. Um, the, I can't, I really can't fathom liking him at all I'm confused I really can't she seems so sweet she seems like somebody listen we all need support but the more we're learning about her the more fragile and like the more she would benefit I think she would benefit from somebody really like lifting her up and he was I guess sort of kind to her a couple episodes ago when he was like let's get better at feeling confident but that's he seems so mean. It seems like on the day to day, he would be so mean to you. It's, I will say it's weird because he's being mean to her in an, in a way that's like, I think you're so hot. Stop trying to fuck yourself up. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you fuck yourself up and you make yourself ugly, then I'm not going to want to be with you. And she probably hears like, he thinks I'm so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. She must. And I must, I think sometimes when they're, you know, I can't speak to how Raquel was raised, but I assume she was taught to place a lot of value on her looks. And so being with someone who places a lot of value on your looks probably seems like the way that men would treat you no matter what to some people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I will say, I hate to say this because I don't think she's ugly, but I will say that if I spent $16,000 on my nose job and then it was crooked, I would want to be like, let's just fix it. You let's know, fix it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It should yeah. just be the yeah. way that you want it to be. Not that it looks bad. Uh, it just probably doesn't look like to her, like she got the nose job that she yeah. wanted to get. And yeah. that fucking sucks. But 
I was also thinking like, oh my God, can you imagine having to do that? It's so traumatic to think about doing it once and then having to go back under the knife and do it again and go through the healing process of like all your blood vessels broken in your face. Like, oh, no, thank you. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. She should get what she wants and it just sucks that yeah she has to go through all of this all over again really and it yeah scary okay so scary they play basketball james is the worst basketball player ever awful (laughs) really bad brock traveled that was not (laughs) not legal um sandoval's okay i don't know i don't i okay mike is shaking his head no in the background (laughs) did not look like i don't know mike can't hear me but did not even look like basketball to me i thought it was a new game i thought Uh, they were playing like a pickleball court mashed potato dance like i didn't know it was so bad. It did not look like basketball. Yeah. To horrendous. my knowledge. Yeah. It was, it's horrendous in a time where it's like very hard to get to play in a basketball game because of COVID and like all the, you know, having a whole gym to yourself to play that bad of basketball with like the stupidest eighties headbands on your head you've ever seen. Very upsetting. I don't know why they made it. I don't that. need any of the, I don't need the fashion show. I don't need them playing no. pickleball. I don't need them playing basketball. Like they don't need to get together for these weird activities, get them together for food and drinks. And that's it. Like, don't do the, this thing. Like, I don't need to watch them doing that stuff. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know who that's for. Like, don't do it. And certainly stop fucking flower shopping with Lisa Vanderpump. You I can get your own goddamn flowers. Uh, I do enjoy hearing that Katie got so mad at Schwartz for being at Sandoval's uh, house for so long that she wedged the door shut and then he came home and broke the door. Can you imagine if I told you, oh, sorry, the door is broken. Mike and I got in such a bad fight that I tried to prevent him from entering his own house. And then he broke the door. Like, would you be yeah. like, oh my God, it's so cute that you guys are getting married. You know? LOL girl. So funny. I do that to Tony regularly. No, it's such a red flag. Also, I, that kind of Matt, like give him the silent treatment, like be bitch to him when he comes home. Don't damage your own property. Like in the name of what, like you're both now you both just have to fix yeah. this door. You have the door to your home. Like if you want to lock the door and piss him off and make him wait outside for long. But like, yeah, see, I never get when people do that in a way that is also it's damaging your things together. Like, Mm -hmm. no, don't. And they want to have a kid together that like, that screams like saying things to your kid to make them dislike your partner, that kind of like damaging stuff. That's like, well, daddy didn't want to come home last night because I guess he doesn't love us. Like that feels like it's on that level to me. Yeah, absolutely. Also doors are so expensive. Like just the bare minimum door fix is probably at least like 500 or $800. I was like, wedge the door. Like what, what, lock it what do you mean wedge the door it means that she anticipated he was going to or I guess he has like a lock that she can't change okay so she just put something in front of see all of this way too much effort don't love it not good did not like that at all um, and it certainly doesn't help when people are like, there's so much more in love off camera. <laughs> and you hear that story. You're like, well, come on. But, you know, I guess they are. So, yeah, it's really funny when people try to be like, 
No, they only take their worst moments on Vanderpump. And it's like, yeah, but my worst moments never include that. You know, no, (laughs) yeah. even when I'm really mad, no one's breaking the door to our home. So I don't know. Not that bad to each their own. Um, what do you think about Brock putting the TV on the wall and then us later seeing that the TV fell off the wall and Sheena's response? Oh, man. That's the second time that I laughed out loud at my phone after your Dr. Deb text this week. Um, so <laughs> we saw Brock and Sheena helping Charlie and her boyfriend move into a place. And Charlie was very cute and was like, Brock, I need help hanging my TV. Maybe we could time you. And they did in order to compete with Rob, Sheena's infamous ex-boyfriend who can hang a TV in seven minutes, literally under seven minutes. And Brock hung it under seven minutes. They were all really happy. Charlie tweeted this week when that episode came out that the TV had fallen off of the wall in the middle of the night and they thought someone was like robbing them. And it's so funny. There's a picture of the TV just like slant. We'll have to post it just like on the floor. And Sheena with absolutely no humor whatsoever is like, you know very well that you didn't provide the right kind of mounting equipment and that was not safely secure. We were doing it under seven minutes, like as a bit, like, you know, it wasn't serious and like defended him to the fucking bone. And Charlie's like, LOL, relax, Sheena. It's just funny. Like, it's just funny that it wasn't, I'm not like trying to like get mad at you, like relax. And then Sheena was like, I don't even get in Twitter fights with my friends. Check your phone, read your texts. It's like, you guys are, you're the one fighting. Like you are so, so (laughs) defensive. Also so hilarious that like of the things for her to be so feisty and defensive about, about this man who has a laundry list of literal crimes, like literal law issues, uh, for her to be like, no, you know, that that wasn't hung in a serious way. Like Sheena take some of that energy and figure out how to articulate to us why you are even with him in the first place, (laughs) just bonkers. And also just be like, it just shows that you're just still not good at being a public figure that you can't be like, LOL, and then crack some sort of obvious, punny, stupid joke about the wall not hanging, like about the mounting being bad. Like that's like, it's so easy to not be a dumb bitch. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also like one of those things where anytime anything goes wrong at the house, I think it's it's terrifying, but it's also really funny. You know, like if our, if our fucking TV fell off the wall, I would absolutely take a picture of it and send it to you and be like, LOL. Look at LOL. This. Yeah. Look like, oh happened. my God. Look at what we did. Yeah. That also welcome to moving into anywhere. Also I live in fear every day. My TV is going to fall off the wall. Yeah. I think frames are going to fall off the wall. They do sometimes it's funny. It's also just, it's so funny that this TV mounting thing has become a bit and it's just the best next version of the bit. And the TV just fucking fell on the ground. Just laugh at it, Sheena. It's funny. It's It's funny. Yeah, exactly. This also reminds me, I wanted to tell you at the beginning of the podcast, this is a total side tangent, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, So we we did a lot of flower planting in the front of our house. And we were so proud of ourselves for keeping these flowers alive because you know how I am with plants, right? And I'm like, all right, maybe Mm -hmm. outdoor plants are Mm -hmm. the solution. I go, I go to leave one morning and I see like a single slug on a flower. And I was like, oh, that's gross. I wonder, you know, if slugs eat these flowers. So I Google them. I go down this wormhole where I discover that slugs, first of all, they're hermaphrodites. They can fuck a lot and they (gasps) can create a lot of babies. 
Ew. And they're nocturnal and <gasps> they come out at night and they <gasps> can eat all your shit in like <gasps> one day. Okay. No. So I start looking at the flowers. I'm like, hmm, some of the leaves look like they've been chewed on. I wonder what's going on. I, I read all these slug blogs and I tell Mike, <laughs> I'm going, I'm reading all about the slug, you know, what they like, what they don't like, all this stuff. They're, they're basically like, you know, they are really hard to get rid of. The best way to get rid of them is to go out with a flashlight and pick them off of the, the no, stuff no, and no. put them in a cup of soapy water. Like that's no, the best way to get rid of them. No. So I'm like, well, I have to take a Xandex now and Mike is going to have to go out there and <laughs> check out the slugs. Right. So he goes out there and I, you know, I checked at like 530 when the sun has just gone down. I was like, it seems fine. He goes out like an hour later and he's like, there's slugs everywhere. <gasps> literally there's so many slugs all just munching on the fucking flowers that we just spent so much time planting in the ground and taking care of them and keeping them alive so he's like i i will not be bullied by slugs in my own home this is my home this is not the slugs home he goes out there with a solo cup and a plastic fork and starts picking the slugs (gasps) oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm like, we have to go get like some slug killer. Like we can't just pick them off and like assume it's going to be fine. And he's like, all right, fine. He begrudgingly gets, you know, ready to go out. By the time we like put shoes on and come back out, there's like 20 more slugs on the flowers. (laughs) So he picks all the slugs off and then we put this stuff all around the flowers. And then I made a little like barrier with rosemary sprigs that I've been growing. And the next day there was no slugs. So I, uh, I will see TBD. I have a feeling that they're planning something. Oh yeah. (laughs) They platin them slugs be platin. It was one of the worst things ever. Harrowing. (laughs) Harrowing. I cannot believe I would have, I'll be honest with you moved out. Yeah. I hate slugs. I honestly though, I'm feeling like so blessed that I haven't seen or thought of a slug in so long. And like you said it and I was like, ew, I remember slugs. They suck. Um, gross, gross, gross. So crazy. Plants fucking suck, man. They're the worst. Like they're the worst. Like I can't, they're only bringing more chaos and problems into our life. Very proud of you guys though. Like, wow. Very impressed. I wonder, I mean, I have to imagine Tony would go kill the slugs, but maybe not. I don't know Tony's slug policy. Um, I know I would want to move out. We had a spider that was so big. It was like borderline tarantula territory, but it was outside of our house. And it was really making up a whole home. It was on like the electric wire that comes into the house. And then it was attached to that, to one of our bushes. And it was here for so long. And I turned to Tony and I was like, you do know if I saw that inside of the house, we would move. Yeah. And I need you to know that that's just, that's the reality of the situation. And that's my line, like big, that big or bigger done. We're breaking up. I don't know, maybe, but I would move. And then he decided to try and remove it. And he took a broom and knocked it into the neighborhood. Yeah, lawn. And I am terrified now that it's either going to, yeah, I think it's going to come back. I think it's going to take your car or something. (laughs) It could could literally carjack us. It could take the Prius. Oh my God. I hate bugs. Uh, But I'm yeah, yeah, super proud of you guys. Wow. 
Thank you. Hopefully. It was mostly Mike. He did a good job. I mostly was like, the slugs can have the house. I'm just going to take Xanax. <laughs> like, uh, was Mike reading the slug blogs? No. No, I Somebody was, I was reading about their life cycle. So thank you and for the credit. Reading that stuff is terrifying because then you, you see pictures. Like mm-hmm. every time I try to Google something about bugs, I get pictures. I'm like, no pictures, please. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look yeah. at it up close. Who took this picture? You you shouldn't have a job. Don't that make that not a job. Bug photography, cancel it. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, back on track. What should we talk about next? Um, uh, I just have two things to say about The Bachelor. Okay. One, Rick, who I think looks like if Tony and Mike had a baby. <laughs> yeah. He freaks me out. And it's not just I the uncanny like value of it all. Value? Value of it Valley. all. He's scary. He's like, he's yeah. like, uh, there's something off and the way he talks, his, his upper lip doesn't move and his eyes. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot. And I don't see the appeal. Mm-hmm. If I had just seen a picture of him, I'd be like, Oh, cute. But now that I, t- he's too intense, both in talking to her and in his talking heads way too intense. And there usually is a guy who like falls in love with too fast. And like, is just like too antsy, too fast. And like, I don't think that he's usually well-perceived and she kind of likes him. And I'm like, what is going on? Second thing, how do you like that guy? And also like Martin, who I think has every accessory that a person can have. I think he's not following. Is it Coco Chanel who said, take one thing off before you leave the house? Or is it? Yes. Yeah. He has earrings he has a nose ring he has a tattoo thing he has a sideburn thing he's got different colored hair he's wearing necklaces bracelets rings he's wearing a shirt with sleeves on top of a shirt where the sleeves are ripped off he's got buttons he's got zippers martin has got everything going on and it's so much he seems like under there a handsome guy yeah take off one thing Mike was saying that he thought this guy sucked. I was like, no, I think he just, if he took, if he didn't wear that shirt, if he had all the other stuff, but he didn't wear the cutoff like plaid shirt. Yeah. I think it would be a look. I think it would be working. I think it would be like a bad boy look that we can get behind. And I was like, he seems really sweet. He just seems to be in a bad package. And Mm. then he decided to like defend Jamie, which is super weird, which kind of segues into this very strong and strange group romance that's happening mm-hmm. in the house. Like, I don't, I don't see what, I don't understand like what's going on. And it made me think of when I was getting bought mitzvahed and I, there was like the first slow dance and you know, you're like 12, 13, everyone's 12, 13, all your friends are there. Nobody asked me to dance. <gasps> and I was like, oh no like this is so sad and my friend came up to me and he was like I'll dance with you everyone's just like it's a lot it's a lot of pressure to be the first person to go out and have everyone like look at what you're doing essentially so I think they're all just kind of like waiting for everyone else to do it and that was the vibe that I was getting from these this situation but you know I don't it was very strange I don't know they looked like they were literally, I mean, this probably has to do with the edit, but that they were truly forgetting she was there. Yeah. Like, I agree. There's got to be a little bit of that element of just like being a little nervous and then being like, oh, this is not the part where we hang out with Michelle. This is the part where we all like play in this room with toys. Like, it's just not that part, man. It's not the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys seem as they always are 
obsessed with the idea of like making the house chill and like getting all the rats out of the house and just wanting to like have a good time. But Mm -hmm. that does completely disregard Michelle and like her experience. Um, And it is, it is weird that this, this always happens with the boys that they get this like trauma bonding, like love fest, but it's so early that they're doing that. I don't know if maybe that has something a little bit to do with COVID and people not making new friends. And then all of a sudden you're like living in a house and having a slumber party for six weeks. And then you're making new friends, but like, go talk to Michelle. And she like was so quiet and sad. And yeah, it's a, it's weird. It's weird. I felt bad for her. Yeah, I felt bad for her. And I, you know, I think there's this extra layer that she spoke about feeling excluded, feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. not desired, but it's also just one of those things. Like when I'm in a group situation, I always get anxious that I'm going to be the person that's just in between everyone else's conversation. Like I just have nowhere to, I have no way to like insert myself. And she probably thought like, well, I'm the bachelorette. So everyone's going to be doting on me. And when that didn't happen, like, I think that would make me really self-conscious. Oh, for sure. And she had, she made the point too, that when she was on group dates, she did what she could to get the bachelor's attention. So that's, if you, that's your mentality going in, you're just like, well, gosh, why aren't they doing that? And I did that because I was a competitive and b hopefully somewhat into Matt or whatever, but like, are these guys, neither of those things and gross, like, (laughs) come on. Like, what do you mean? Why are you guys just hanging out with each other? Yeah. Very, very strange. Mm Mm-mm. Mm, oh my gosh I don't really have anything else notable from that episode yeah I just thought it was funny that this guy you know Chris S just kept saying she probed me she probed me (laughs) she probed me (laughs) 